What does a contraction feel like? How do I know if I'm in labor? And what does the day of labor look like? Wait, is this normal? Hey, I'm Heidi. My best friends call me Hydes. I'm a certified birth doula, host of this podcast, and author of Birth Story, an interactive pregnancy guidebook. I have supported hundreds of women through their labor and deliveries, and I believe every one of them and you deserves a microphone and a stage. So here we are. Listen each week to get answers to these tough questions. Birth Story, where we talk about pregnancy, labor, deliveries, where we tell our stories and share our feelings. And of course, chat about our favorite baby products and motherhood. And because I'm passionate about birth outcomes, you will hear from some of the top experts in labor and delivery. Whether you are pregnant, trying desperately to get pregnant, or you just love a good birth story, I hope you will stick around and be part of this birth story family. Episode 66. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. This is the very first time that I am recording a podcast and producing it on the same day. It is New Year's 2021, and we are coming out with a bang on the Birth Story podcast with the favorite baby products for 2021. Before we get started on that, I wanted to bring in my sister, Abigail Bailey, who is the editor, the brains, the everything behind Birth Story Media. The Birth Story Pregnancy Guidebook and Journal would not be what it is without her. And she's my executive assistant. So if you write in, you're probably going to get Abby. So welcome, Abby, to the Birth Story Podcast. Yay. Thank you so much, Heidi, for having me on. It's really an honor. Well, I'm really excited to be here with my sister today. And so the first thing that we wanted to start with was there are a couple of components of this business. And the first is my doula business. And that is the inspiration for all of it. So we want to share the year end statistics for my doula, Heidi. I know Abby has some questions for me, so let's get started. Hey, so the first thing that I was wondering about is what are your gestation rates? Okay, so I do these every single year, and year after year after year, it's always the same for first-time moms. This year, the average gestation for first-time moms was 40 weeks and two days along now. If you look at like the national statistics, it's 41 weeks and one day. So eight days over your due date or your guest date. My clients went a little early. It may or may not be because we do a whole bunch of herbal induction things and ways to help prime your cervix. My client's average gestation was 40 weeks and two days. And my mole tips, meaning they've had a baby before, was 40 weeks and one day. Mole tips. I love that. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about labor. I know that there's a difference between first-time mamas and second-time mamas and beyond. What were your average labor hours? I could not believe the difference this year. The average length of labor for my first-time moms was 22.05 hours. Now, the average for like anyone who maybe doesn't have a doula is 24 hours. So we know that hiring a doula reduces the length of labor, but my mole tips... And I had moms that were mostly second-time moms, but a few third-time moms this year, too. 
And the average length of labor for my mole tips was 7.8 hours. So really, really quick. We have a lot of fun stories where we barely made it to the hospital if they were having hospital births. So I have a couple mole tips that birthed within just a few minutes of arriving at the hospital this year. Okay, Heidi. So I know that you are a very prolific doula in Charlotte, as well as having online virtual doula services around the country. How many families did you service this year as a doula? Yeah, this is something I'm really proud of because I think everybody that listens to the podcast knows like my primary role is I'm a stay at home mom. And so this is my part time job which is incredible, Birth Story Media. I mean, I wrote the book, I run the podcast, I'm a doula, and I was able to fit in 32 private doula clients in 2020. That is incredible. How many of those doula clients were cesarean sections versus vaginal births? Oh, really good question. This is probably one of the things I'm the most proud of. If you hire a doula, you significantly reduce your chance of having a cesarean section. And Here in the United States, we have a really high C-section rate. It's anywhere from 30 to 50%, depending on what city you're birthing in. Here in Charlotte, we run anywhere from 20 to 40% C-section rate. I had two clients only end in cesarean section for a 7% C-section rate this year. And I want to elaborate a little bit more too. Both of those clients were over 41 weeks. Both of those clients were inductions. Both of those clients were inductions that lasted more than 40 hours, and there was a little bit of heart rate volatility with the babies at the end. They just wouldn't tolerate any more intervention. So two clients only ended in cesarean section, 7%. It is so impressive that your numbers for that are so low considering the national averages. Congratulations are definitely in order. Thanks. Another thing I want to say, though, is what my C-section rate is, that makes it 0%. So if you look at all of my clients that we didn't intervene, we didn't intervene, we didn't touch them, we didn't, we just let them go into labor, that C-section rate is 0%. So nobody had a C-section if they were able to go into spontaneous labor, whether they had an epidural or didn't have an epidural, didn't matter. But if we didn't intervene, they didn't have a C-section, a 0% C-section rate. It is also important that I note that I supported three clients through cesarean sections that were planned. So often I get hired as a doula, even if someone has a breech baby, placenta privia. Um, I had another client who had a previous vaginal birth injury. And so I had the extreme pleasure of supporting three families through cesarean sections that were planned. Whoa. Heidi, that is so impressive. Being able to support a mom as a doula, it really seems amazing. No matter how these babies come into the world, I think that they're in really good hands with you. Thank you. What other questions do you have for me, sis? Well, I'm kind of curious, since you know, I know, the, everybody knows that this world um, has had a pretty tough year in 2020. Here's looking to 2021. I'm curious if any of your clients experienced COVID-19 related pregnancies or issues therein. Yes, actually, um, almost 10% of my clients, so three of my clients had covid Uh, One during pregnancy that resulted in spontaneous rupture of her membranes, which was premature, so premature rupture of her membranes, that put her into labor. 
And I had two other moms that contracted the COVID virus in the postpartum period within just a few months postpartum. I am happy to report that everyone has recovered and everyone, including the babies, are doing well and are super healthy. Wait, didn't you drink one of their breast milk, one of your clients that had COVID? Um, Yes, I did. And I'm so excited to announce the results although they weren't exactly what I intended them to be. All right, if you're listening right now and you're like, she did what? Yeah, I did. I drank one of my doula clients' breast milk over the course of a week. And it was proven that that breast milk had COVID antibodies in it. And her breast milk was enrolled in a study out of the University of California. And she had some leftover that she didn't send to California. And so I volunteered that we would do our own breast milk experience. So her name's Brooke. She's pretty awesome. She's a nurse practitioner. My doctor was on board with this and knew all about it and ordered tests. So I actually went and got baseline blood work to show that I did not currently have the coronavirus and that I did not have antibodies for coronavirus. And then I drank her breast milk for a week. If you want to watch the videos on Instagram, they're there. I did all different recipes. But the point was to try to keep the frozen breast milk cold and to not change the structure of it. So I did a lot of breast milk, milkshakes, and smoothies over the course of a week. And then we waited per what the data shows, a good three to six weeks and then retested my blood, and then retested my blood. And it turns out that even though we are seeing that these antibodies are being passed to the babies, I think I just weigh too much or I'm too big and I didn't ingest enough because I did not show in my blood work and my follow-up visits. I didn't develop any antibodies at all to the coronavirus. So I was happy to be part of a clinical trial and now we know, or at least we know the amount of breast milk that I consumed with COVID antibodies in it just wasn't enough to provide long-term antibody support for an adult. What it could have possibly provided was passive immunity, which was the food for thought with pretty much every scientist that we were talking to. And that meant that during the week that I was ingesting Brooke's breast milk with the COVID antibodies, I didn't contract the coronavirus, even though I don't have any known exposures. But theoretically, it could have helped to prevent me from catching the coronavirus had I had an exposure that week. Dear listeners, You definitely should check out the videos on Instagram. They're crazy. She's crazy in the best kind of way. I am honestly so inspired by her in so many different ways, but especially in this hard time was really cool to see. Heidi being on the cutting edge of volunteering for science research is super cool. Thank you, Abby. She did not want to drink the breast milk with me, everybody, but she did help me to make the smoothies every day. Well, let's just say that there wasn't enough for both of us. (laughs) Maybe that was it. Maybe. Uh, (laughs) All right, moving on. What else you got? Of your 26 vaginal births, how many of them were medicated versus unmedicated? Oh, awesome. I love this. And I think what's really important to note before I talk about this statistic is it does not matter to your doula what type of birth you're envisioning. So 
So many of my clients call me and they're like, Heidi, you know, your job is to get me to my epidural as quickly as possible. And the next client is like, I don't want any medical interventions. I want to go to the hospital, pushing my baby out, crowning. Don't even pull me into the hospital until the baby's crowning and everything in between. So there is a myth out there that doulas and unmedicated birth go hand in hand. You can have a doula. You deserve a doula no matter what your birth plan looks like. For my clients, the majority of them chose to go unmedicated. 71% of my clients had unmedicated births. And again, the majority of those were 22 or more hours. Such incredible strength and surrender. I had eight clients that chose medicated births. So 29% of my moms chose medicated births. Now, medicated. That could mean an epidural. It could also mean IV pain medication. It could also mean nitrous oxide. So there are many different things that were used. Um, Some of those were used at different times or periods throughout their labors. But 29% of my clients use medication as a tool to achieve those vaginal births this year. As a doula, what are some of the differences between those medicated versus unmedicated births? Ooh, the first one is length of labor. I would say like the second you sign up for that epidural, I'm like at eight hours. Um, so length of labor is a is a big one. The next one would be pushing. My clients that are medicated with an epidural don't feel the fetal ejection reflex. So they'll feel pressure in their rectum when it's time to push, but they don't ever feel like their body involuntarily pushing for them. And like my clients who are unmedicated and we talk about in our prenatals, how do I know when to push? And I'm like, you you don't need to know when to push when you're unmedicated because the fetal ejection reflex is your teacher. Your body pushes without your permission. So that's another big one. I will also say the spiraling. I don't think any of my clients that had unmedicated births this year, actually maybe one of them was induced with Pitocin, but the majority of those clients did not receive Pitocin. So a lot of times when we add pain medication, it tends to slow the labor down. And then we have to add things on top of it like Pitocin in order to keep labor progressing. So that's another key difference. And then the last key difference I would say is probably spontaneous rupture of the membranes or the amniotic fluid. So I did notice a high correlation between my clients that were medicated and then it seemed like the next obvious step for the medical providers were to do an artificial rupture of the water if their labor had sort of slowed down versus my clients that were unmedicated tended to have spontaneous rupture of membranes. Okay, so then how many of your moms had their water ruptured before going into labor? So that is called PROM, premature rupture of the membranes. And I had five moms that experienced premature rupture for 16%. Now, on average, it's about 12%. So mine was a little bit higher. I did see a weird correlation this year with acupuncture. So I had a couple of clients that went in for acupuncture and their water ended up breaking like that night. Um, prematurely. Now, when that happens, labor typically begins within six to 12 hours. So we just tell my clients to just be patient and wait for those contractions and those surges to begin. Okay. Final question. Everybody knows that babies' sexes are usually 50-50 between male and female. 
but the big difference that's always changing is the baby size. So what was your average baby size? Oh, this is good because this one was the exact rate of the national average. So seven pounds. Yeah. Seven pounds, 14 ounces, which I thought was pretty cool that we like my 32 families like hit the exact average. Now, one of my clients, Elisa, she had the record in 2020 for biggest baby at nine pounds, four ounces. And then the smallest babies were my twins born at 35 weeks. And each one weighed five pounds, five ounces. Well, let's go ahead and move on to baby products since we're back to talking about babies. All right. I'm really excited. So before we get started, everybody, if you want to follow along, you can go to birthstory.com, click on the workbook, put in your email address, and there you will find the full guide to the favorite baby products for 2021. These are the most celebrated baby products on the Birth Story podcast. Hey, it's Heidi. I'm interrupting the podcast to let you know about a free resource that I've created for you at birthstory.com. All you have to do is go to birthstory.com and then click the tab that says the workbook. Once you put your email address in, an entire resource library of all of my secret sauces are available to you for free as my thank you for listening to the Birth Story podcast and being part of this community. At birthstory.com, under the workbook, you will find a birth plan template, articles on circumcision, delayed cord clamping, flipping a breech baby, packing your hospital bag, acupressure points, placenta encapsulation, and so much more. There are over 20 free articles ready for you to download at birthstory.com. Okay, so this whole list was compiled from all of the different episodes with input from all of the moms. At the end of each interview, Heidi asks the mom or interviewee what their favorite baby product or pregnancy product is. This is a real and honest list from real parents. There's no sponsorship in this. This is truly what parents are wanting you to research and invest your time and money into. These products are tried and true and honestly are helpful for so many parents. We made it really easy for you in the guide. So each product is linked for easy buying and easy researching if you're interested in any of these products. All right, ready, Abby? Let's get to it. All right. So our first item on the guide is the birthing chair. Now, our older sister, Sam, talked about this in episode two. What exactly is a birthing chair? Because what I'm picturing is a rocking chair, and I don't think that's right. (laughs) No, I actually love the birth chair, and we do not have this at the hospitals in Charlotte, North Carolina. So if you're listening and you have birth chairs at your hospital, you are super lucky. These chairs have to be supplied by your birth center or your hospital. And essentially, it's like a chair and a toilet in one would be the best way that I would describe it. It's like a chair with a hole in the seat. Now, if your hospital does not have birthing chairs and you want one, you can buy one. They have inflatables and that's the cub birthing stool. So we've linked to that in the guide. The second revered product on our guide comes from Tori Jones, the CEO of Echelle Triangle, and she talks about the baby hammock. 
Now I know hammocks are typically a summertime thing, but I have a feeling this will work all year round. Yeah, these are really like cute little hammocks. They're adjustable. They incline if your baby has reflux or if there's any babies out there that are colicky. They have really beautiful mesh netting and it increases the airflow and the visibility to your baby. Tori talked about in the episode how she hung it at the end of the bed and then she could just kind of kick it like nicely kick it with her foot to like rock the baby. So they hang from the ceiling. That's so cute. And hey, I bet you could repurpose that after your baby's too big for it and use it for some hanging plants or something. Yep. Who knows? Photo shoot. <laughs> okay, number three are the quick zip crib sheets. Now, I kind of want these for myself for my normal bed because I know my sheets come up around the corner sometime. So what exactly are these? These are exactly what you think they are. They're zippable crib sheets. And the reason I really like them is a safety feature. Like they can't pop off the mattress like you just mentioned and then suffocate your baby. So I like the idea that they zip all the way around and it's really easy to change in the middle of the night when you're tired too. All you have to do is zip it off and zip another one on. So this one's a win for me. All right. Number four is the little lamb cradle swing. What exactly is that? That sounds pretty cute. Well, this one came to us in episode five with Sean, who is carrying identical twins. And these are those like plug-in swings that you um, strap the baby in safely, and then you can turn them on, and then they swing forwards and backwards or side to side. And it's a really, really good tool for singletons and for twins also. Okay, number five are clip-on high chairs, which, speaking to the heavens, will be super useful for 2021 when the world can get back to normal and you can go out to restaurants again. Yep, exactly. So this is episode five. Jonathan and Blair adopted three little boys. They are an amazing family. And in their list of top baby products, they included these clip-on high chairs. So Blair is in media. He's a national news anchor. And Jonathan and Blair are on the go all the time. So they really love these clip-on high chairs for their adopted sons. Their other favorite baby products included the Dr. Brown's bottles. So those are linked in the guide also. For the sixth item on our list, Rachel Coley, the CEO of Can Do Kiddo, cannot stop raving about the Love Every Play Gem. What is that for? Yeah, so these play gems, first of all, they're gorgeous. They're very well designed and they're designed by experts, pediatric occupational therapists, and psychologists for your child's developing brain. They are play gems that are made for learning and they are very thoughtfully crafted. I highly recommend. Coming down to item number seven, the dads from the Daddy Boot Camp episode number one all agreed that they loved the Velcro swaddle the most. Yeah, they were certainly all in agreement. So what we linked to was the summer infant Velcro swaddle. So these swaddles come in three stages. So they allow the little ones to still move their legs while their arms are being swaddled. So that prevents them from being awakened when they have that startle reflex. It also allows them to have that like free movement of their hips and their legs. Another amazing swaddle that was mentioned, though, in episode 9 and 16 is the chickpea Sherpa swaddle. So I wanted to make sure to link to that, too. Okay, so this item is the ring sling for number eight. This product was mentioned almost as much as our soon-to-be-revealed top product. What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, so this ring sling was mentioned quite a lot in, in 
the first time it was mentioned was in episode 10 with Amy. Now, this is one of my favorite episodes, not only because she is the girl on the cover of the birth story book, uh, but because she recounts her unmedicated VBAC that occurred in her car in this episode of the podcast. Baby List put together a list of the best ring slings of 2020. And so I just let them do the work for us. And I linked to their guide to ring slings. Coming off of number eight, the ring sling is now number nine, the Tula Carrier, which is definitely one of the Birth Story Podcast's top recommended products. It was mentioned so many times in passing and directly that we couldn't even keep track of it all. Yeah. So these carriers, they are ultra soft and they're super sturdy. So different than a ring sling or a wrap, it's an actual carrier, but it comes in a variety of really fun prints. So whatever your personality or style, like there's a Tula carrier for you. I think it's a must have for your infant. Another favorite carrier, though, that was mentioned several times, Ergo Carrier came up in Jennifer Farnham's episode. She's a really popular mom YouTuber, Willow Wisteria. So I wanted to make sure that I mentioned the Ergo as well. Number 10, the Toponcino, which gets my number one for the most fun thing to say on this list. It is. This one came from Sarah in episode 12, and her mother-in-law owns a Montessori school. So she's a Montessori lover, and the Tapanchino is for all the Montessori lovers out there. It's a soft, mat-like Montessori baby pillow. So it provides comfort, support, and consistency for the baby's first few months. This is one I definitely want everyone to look up. Number 11 is the most recommended books, which I know is a subject that you care a lot about. Yeah, this one's near and dear to my heart because I absolutely love it when someone purchases the birth story pregnancy guidebook and journal and then they share about it. So whether it's a story on Instagram or an email about how much it helped them on their pregnancy or birth journey. So it is really my pleasure to give a shout out to all of these other authors and books that were mentioned so often on the Birth Story podcast. So the number one most recommended book was The Happiest Baby on the Block. That was followed by Emily Oster's Crib Sheet, Lily Nichols' Real Food for Pregnancy, The First 40 Days, The Essential Art of Nourishing the New Mother, Ina May's Guide to Childbirth, Taking Charge of Your Fertility, and The Mama Natural Week-by-Week Guide to Pregnancy and Childbirth. What I want everyone to know about everything I just said is that you don't need to write it down. Again, all you have to do is go to birthstory.com, click on the workbook, type in your email address, and this full guide with links to buy are available for you. So if you're driving the car right now and you didn't have time to write down all of those books, it's a really easy. Just go to birthstory.com and we've got the whole thing for you. While you're there, shameless plug, if you want to buy the birth story pregnancy guidebook and journal, please use birth story podcast as the code for checkout and you'll get $5 off and free shipping. Number 12 is the peanut ball, which I kind of imagine is different from your standard yoga ball. It is because it's shaped like a peanut. <laughs> I mean, it really just looks like a peanut. It is an absolute must for anyone listening that's considering a birth with an epidural. 
It is proven to reduce the length of labor by 25% when you're medicated and laying in bed. So this wonderful tool, it like keeps your pelvis open even when you're laying on your side. So you can nap all the way through the rest of your labor with your epidural and keep your pelvis wide open as if you're mimicking a squat. So this one was Carrie's favorite baby product from episode 16. She also highly recommended a hands-free pumping bra. So in this section, I link to one of those hands-free pumping bras too. Number 13, the Nose Frida, which may sound a little bit intense, but is seems to be one of the best things for when your kid gets sick. It really is. And I'm like, I just give it a chance because if you see the images of the woman like sucking the boogers out of her kid's nose, just know they're not going into your mouth. They're going into a tube. (laughs) (laughs) The Frida company really makes some amazing products for motherhood. And the nose Frida is a lifesaver. I definitely used it with my boys. And it's when your baby gets a cold and is super congested, you literally suck the boogies out. Number 14 is the Squatty Potty, which I can personally attest to Orcs Wonders. It absolutely is wonderful. You know that we have it at our house. It is also an incredible birth tool. It's not just for pooping. So this birth tool comes with me to every single birth that I go to. If you don't have one already, just go ahead and add it to your cart, everybody. This will open your pelvis in labor and it will help you have easier bowel movements with less straining. So. Maybe one day they will design the toilets the way they were meant to be designed. But until then, we have the Squatty Potty. Number 15 is the baby briefcase, which to all of you parents or previous nannies out there may automatically lend an image of boss baby to you. But it's something actually that will help keep all of your baby memories organized. It definitely will. So this recommendation, I had never heard of the baby briefcase before, but Gail in episode 18, she had us all in tears talking about her micro preemies that were born at 27 weeks in a very, very, very long NICU journey. Her photograph on my Instagram was actually the number one most viewed photograph of 2020 because it was so powerful of seeing her micro preemies in the NICU. Gail said she recommended this product because while she was on that NICU journey, she really wanted a way to memorialize the journey because there was so much grief. She was having trouble keeping everything straight. So the baby briefcase really saved her on that NICU journey over several months. Number 16 continues our trend of loving slings, carriers, and now wraps. Number 16, we're recommending the Moby and Lily baby wrap. So Abby, we see this trend, right? Every time I go to ask a mom what her favorite baby product is, she mentions some type of carrier. And sometimes I have to say, do you have a second favorite baby product we could talk about? Because the wraps and the slings and the carriers just seem to be the number one baby products. So the ones that were mentioned on the podcast were the Moby and the Lily baby wraps. And I think that's just because they are the softest. It's a sensory experience. It's something that you definitely want to wrap around your baby and carry your baby in. Number 17 is the baby Brezza, which sounds like a fancy espresso machine, 
It sort of is. Episode 19, Jessamine mentioned this, and I actually used it, so I was really excited to hear her talk about it. It's essentially like a Keurig, but for your baby formula. So you put your formula in, you put your water in, but then you can set it like, oh, I need a six-ounce bottle, and it mixes it and warms it for you. So if you are a tired mom in the middle of the night who's bottle feeding or your partner is going to help you or grandma is going to help, this baby Brezza is like the way that you can keep control where you're like, oh, they're going to get that bottle right because they're using the baby Brezza. Number 18 is not only Lily Nichols, the author of Real Food for Pregnancy's favorite product, but also one of yours, if I remember correctly. It's the Vitamix Blender. Yeah, I can't say enough great things about the Vitamix. We have used it pretty much every day for seven years straight, and I tried every blender on the market before then just nothing compares. I mean, it's a lot more expensive and it's worth every dime. So Abby, as you know, the boys are now five and six years old and Abby's my sister. She's here all the time and she can attest they start every single day with a green smoothie out of our Vitamix. It's the best way that I can get them to eat spinach and carrot and broccoli like first thing in the morning and sweeten it up. They just think they're having a milkshake or something. Um, so as soon as your baby can work a straw, I would be utilizing that Vitamix. Another favorite baby food maker though that was mentioned by Aaron in episode 34 is the Beba Baby Cook. And so I linked to that one in the guide also. Number 19 is the Little Z Sleep Training, recommended by Katie Kremitzos. Yeah, Katie is that soothing voice behind the Women's Meditation Network podcast. If you haven't checked it out, then check out that podcast too. So she's... She- So Katie shares about this Little Z sleep training program in episode 35. I did not sleep train my children and I wish that I did because they are five and six and they are still in my bed. So if you don't want your five and six year old co-sleeping with you and you would like to get a full night's sleep after almost year seven, then I would check out this Little Z sleep training pretty early on. Number 20 is the Bum Genius Cloth Diaper, which was recommended to Birthday Podcast by Sarah Leahy in episode number 36. Oh, Sarah is so cool. I loved her episode. And I'm so glad that she brought up Bum Genius. This is the vast majority of my clients. They are using and are sold on this particular brand. So if you are considering cloth diapering, I would definitely look up Bum Genius. Number 21 is something that I have actually been utilizing for years without knowing any of the additional benefits of. It is nettle tea. Well, let me ask you, why do you drink nettle tea? Well, I started drinking nettle tea because it's apparently really good for your digestion. Oh, well, that's good because I didn't put that on the guide. What I did say, (laughs) no, this is good. What I did put on the guide is how good nettle tea is for reducing your risk of hemorrhoids. So it strengthens your blood vessels and improves your arterial elasticity. And so nettle also can increase the amount of breast milk a mom produces. It is a superb source of vitamin K and that increases your available hemoglobin and thus in turn decreases your likelihood of having a postpartum hemorrhage. So I am a big fan of nettle tea in a pregnant woman. So this was a fan favorite from Kelly Garza, who's the founder of Steamy Chick. 
So while we're over here recommending products and I've got my vaginal steaming chair next to me, I highly recommend Kelly Garza's steaming herbs for vaginal steaming. So she's at Steamy Chick and that's linked in the guide also. Since we're talking about tea though, don't forget red raspberry leaf tea also throughout your pregnancy. Number 22 is the Hatch Light, which I actually need to add to my Amazon cart because I need a new alarm clock and sound machine. But this has a lot more to offer than just those two things, right? Yeah. So Brooke talks about this in episode 57. And her episode's really cool. Just FYI, she talks about having a home birth last minute in the middle of the coronavirus because she didn't want to go to the hospital. So Brooke's a busy mom of two. And she keeps the peace and the relaxation with the hatch light. So it's exactly what you said. It's a sound machine. It's a nightlight. It has a time to rise. That's great for her two-year-old. It has an audio monitor. It works with your Alexa. I mean, I don't know what else you could want in a combo product like that. Number 23 is the Tushy Bidet, and I just have to say their marketing department is spot on. So funny when you go to their website and everything, and it's such a useful product for everyone, but especially pregnant moms. It is. I know. Hello, Tushy. Yes, the Tushy Bidet is amazing. This is where I tell you, forget the damn peri bottle. Like, use the peri bottle in the hospital, but when you get home, have the Tushy Bidet installed. So that's going to get you through your postpartum period. It helps you urinate for those six weeks without burning. If you had any tears, it helps you clean yourself, your vagina and your rectum when that whole area is tender. I don't know. The bidet is also pretty life-saving if you're going to cloth diaper, you have any baby blowouts and you just want to spray them off. If you just eat too much spicy food one night and it kind of burns, <laughs> I don't know. Guaranteed though. I mean, we have a, you know, Abby, we have the Tushy Bidet at our house and we highly recommend this came from Christy in episode 61. Christy, I am on your same page. We love the Tushy Bidet. Number 24 is the Kindred Bravely's nursing gown, which honestly makes me wish I were nursing so I could wear it. Looks very soft. Yeah. So Jody in her home birth episodes in 58 and 59, she just kind of has this soft, sweet voice. And I really felt like the Kindred Bravely nursing gown just fit her personality also. It is beautiful. It's a soft nursing gown. It's the perfect gift for you, for a loved one in their postpartum period. It's just so feminine. And when you're maybe in the middle of the night nursing and leaking and not feeling so gorgeous, I think it's something that helps you nurse easily, but makes you feel kind of feminine and sexy when you go to bed at night too. Now, number 25 are your top recommendations. So I'm going to let you take over on this one. Oh, thanks. And I will say that number 26 right after this one is the number one most mentioned baby product of the Birth Story podcast. So we're almost there. Okay. So if you're a big fan of the Birth Story podcast, hopefully you have listened to episodes one and 42. Those are my birth stories. And you'll hear about some of these baby products in those birth stories. But the first is the album Surge of the Sea by Melissa Spilstead. I mean, this is from Hypnobirthing Australia. It got me through my pregnancy and my labors. I mean, it's the best. If any doula client says, what hypnobirthing should I do? I'm like, the first thing you should do is download Surge of the Sea. 
My next favorite baby product is a Bangkung belly bind. So 100% of my doula clients get Bangkung belly binding in their postpartum period. I buy the material from the designer Jennifer Farnham. Remember that YouTuber from Willow Wisteria I mentioned earlier? She also has an Etsy shop called The Art of Natural Wellness, and her material is so gorgeous. I love belly binding my clients with it. Next is the One Peloton app with Robin Arzon. She's my Peloton coach. She is pregnant right now, and they just created prenatal classes on the Peloton app and on the bike for moms-to-be. So I'm super excited to announce that that's one of my new favorite baby products for 2021. And then all of my clients, I recommend take the Returning to Center course by Amy Baumgarten of Homebody Movement. It is just a wonderful course that concentrates on your pelvic floor, your abs, the prevention of diastasis recti. It's just wonderful. And so if you want to take the course, she offers 10% off for Birth Story Podcast listeners with code BIRTHSTORY10. So those are my favorite baby products, and they're all linked in the guide. Last but definitely not least is our number one most mentioned product, which drumroll, please. The Hakka Milk Catcher. I mean, I wish I had a statue for this company. It was mentioned like every other episode for an entire year. So this was definitely the most mentioned product. I had the privilege of seeing the Hakka in action so many times this year with my doula clients, and it definitely works. You simply suction it onto the breast that you're not nursing on, and it collects the milk as it's letting down. So instead of like just letting down all this milk all over your shirt, and then you're wet and you've lost all of that milk and it makes you want to cry and you have to take another shower, it collects all of it. So I have a doula client right now. I think there's a a viral picture going around on Instagram of it, of her freezer. And her freezer after three months is fully stocked with milk and she's never, ever pumped. It's all from her Hakka milk catcher. So it's an exceptional product and there's no doubt to me why this was the favorite baby product of 2020. Now, just to be fair, another milk catcher was mentioned by Jody in episode 58, the LV catch. So I say research both and see which one would serve you best. But congrats, Haka. You basically won 2020. Congratulations. So with that, our 66th episode of the Birth Story podcast has come to its conclusion. So thanks, everybody, for listening to the favorite baby products of 2021. Don't forget to go to birthstory.com, click on the workbook, type in your email address, and it will unlock all my free guides, including this one for the favorite baby products for 2021. And don't forget to share it with all your friends and loved ones that you know are expecting a baby in 2021. Thank you for listening to Birth Story. My goal is you will walk away from each episode with a clear picture of how labor and delivery might go and that you will feel empowered by the end of your pregnancy to speak up, plan and prepare for the birth you want, no matter what that looks like. 